2: Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And we're all battling the heat of the summer months, at least in New York.
1: Oh yeah. No, here too. It's hot here. We had our water slide, our big inflatable water slide up over the Memorial Day weekend.
2: Ooh, that's cool.
1: We can mention Memorial Day, can we? because aren't we a few ahead but that's okay
2: we're fine it's fine we're talking to you from the past
0: i know we're recording this a while back but for both of you julia and anthony who are like me dealing with this awful heat that is soul crushing we have less than seven months until christmas
1: yeah
0: that means we are less than a month away from leon day
1: leon day that's
0: That's half christmas right yeah it's noel backwards it's half christmas is that a
1: thing or did you just make that up?
2: It's a thing. No, it's a thing.
1: Oh, I did not I know mean, that was a thing.
2: I mean, I just made it up. <laughs> in, in, in total <laughs> fairness, Julia, I didn't know it was a thing until one of our listeners commented about it on our wall like a few weeks back.
1: How did I miss that? Golly. Leon Day. I'm excited. Let's Can't, do something big for that.
2: We have an episode dropping on Leon Day. Next time we record, that episode is going to drop on Leon Day. Exactly. So oh. we have to make sure to mention it. Our
0: friend Tim Babb over at Can't Wait for Christmas makes a big deal about Leon Day. Well, one of his listeners does, and so he does too. Hmm. So tonight we are doing Disney's 2009 animated A Christmas Carol. And uh, I really don't know that we need a plot synopsis, but for for the sake of the, the one person out there who has never heard A Christmas Carol, while the citizens of London eagerly await the joyful arrival of Christmas, miserly, Ebenezer Scrooge believes it all to be humbug going so far as to berate his faithful clerk, Bob Cratchit, and his nephew, Fred Holywell, for their cheerful, optimistic views. On Christmas Eve, Scrooge encounters the ghosts of his late business partner, Jacob Marley, who warns that he will be visited thrice that night by spirits. The ghostly visitors end up taking Scrooge on a journey through his past, present, and future in hopes of transforming his bitterness and opening his eyes to the true meaning of the holiday season. That's a nice synopsis of... Charles Dickens' A Christmas well Carol. Well done.
1: Anytime well you can done. thrice.
2: I know. I, you have to with Dickens, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually Disney's third version of A Christmas Carol, um, after Muppets and Mickey's. Oh. I'm surprised they only did three. Actually, I'm sure in some of their anima- I'm su- sure in their animated shorts they've you know done it as well. But these are the three biggest ones. So this is quite a controversial movie mm-hmm. in general. And we actually got a lot of feedback for this movie compared to what we've been getting in recent weeks. And uh, because it's so controversial, which most of the feedback mentioned as well, I was surprised by a lot of it. But we'll, uh, we'll work in a lot of those comments as we go along. Um, before we dive in with our history, so let me just run through the credits really quick. Is di- directed by Robert Zemeckis, Who did Romancing the Stone, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Beowulf, and another Christmas movie, which we may or may not be covering soon, hint, hint, The Polar Express.
0: He actually wrote the screenplay for both of those, for this and Polar Express. Right.
2: Yeah. So he wrote this as well. And the music was done by Alan Silvestri, who has done a lot of stuff, but including Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump. And a bunch of Marvel stuff.
1: Like movie Marvel stuff or like cartoon Marvel stuff?
2: Uh movie Marvel stuff. He did the he came up That's with the Avengers movie. theme, Captain America, mm. all that wow. stuff. Dun, he dun, did dun. Re-
1: <laughs> Yeah.
2: He yeah. did re- Ready Player One. Um mm. Wow. Yeah, so he's pretty big name. So the cast, there are a lot of people in this cast, but the main players are Jim Carrey, who plays Ebenezer Scrooge and the three ghosts of Christmas. Gary Oldman, our Harry Potter connection, who played Bob Cratchit, Jacob Marley, and Tiny Tim. Uh, Colin Firth, who looks exactly like Colin Firth in the film, who plays Scrooge's nephew, Fred Holywell. Bob Hoskins, uh, who played Mr. Fezziwake and Old Joe. And Robin Wright played Fran and Bell.
1: Good voices. Uh, He's got yeah. a great voice cast. I mean,
2: yeah, so. me,
1: Gary Oldman. Oh, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman can
2: do no wrong.
1: And Bob Hoskins, which made me a little sad because yeah, passed away not too long ago. I love yeah. Bob Hoskins.
2: I loved him in the Super Mario Brothers live action movie. <laughs> <laughs> no? see he Mario? He was Mario. He was oh, Mario. I
1: don't think I ever saw that. Yeah.
2: I, it, it's horrible. <laughs> but I would recommend watching it in a mystery The science science theater type of way.
0: ah. So he came back to work with uh, old Robert Zemeckis again, huh?
2: Did Robert Zemeckis do that film?
0: No, no, he did. He w- wasn't, wasn't Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah, he was. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yep. Good call. So, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is quite the controversial movie, but I know all three of us love this original Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, so I'm interested to hear our histories. So, Julia, why don't you kick us off with your histories and just your overall thoughts?
1: So I had escaped seeing this movie until yesterday. And my 11-year-old walked through and he's like, you've never seen this? And I'm like, no. Have you seen it? He's like, yeah.
2: I'm surprised so, because it I, got a lot of playtime this year on
1: Freeform. Like I remember more than Arthur it Christmas on and then turning it off. So I think I was... <laughs> repulsed by it immediately. I'm not sure it was never my thing upon tidbits and watching it in its entirety. It's definitely not my favorite Christmas carol. Um, I can definitely applaud some parts. There were some elements of it that I quite liked, but as a whole, it's hashtag not my Christmas carol. <laughs> <laughs> about you, Tom?
0: I think we can all agree that this is no all American Christmas carol. Um, it's true (laughs) (laughs) regardless of where we feel about this film um i had not realized i've started this movie and um i like julia had apparently turned it off because i remembered the beginning um and didn't remember the rest i won't go as far as saying i i really despise this movie um i just found it pretty lackluster
2: and um left me wanting more so I saw this movie, it's fu- so fun fact about this movie in general, this was Disney's first IMAX 3D animated film. Mm-hmm. So I mm. saw this movie in theaters, and I think you could tell watching it on the small screen, certain scenes were definitely designed for the IMAX yeah. 3D. Put um, a pin
1: in that for later.
2: Yeah, no, totally. So I saw this when I was, I was living in England at the time. I saw it with my friend, one of my friends, and I just remember coming out of it not really liking it, I was bored with a lot of it the first mm-hmm. time I saw it. Uh, except for one scene, which is my still my favorite scene, which we'll get to later on. Mm. So, since then, I really hadn't watched it again until this year, because, again, Freeform played it ad nauseum this year at Christmas. And I've mentioned before, when, during the Christmas season, my channel's just permanently on Freeform or Hallmark. So, I would catch bits and pieces as I'm you know, working or in the kitchen or whatever, but I wouldn't really pay attention to it. So yesterday was actually the first time I watched it again in full. And I'm not going to say I loved it, but I really, really, really liked it. So It's always
1: interesting when we have turnabouts like that because usually it's almost always the other way around. We're so disappointed by something we loved so much is right? just held up by nostalgia. But to have it flip like that, it's refreshing, whether I agree or not. I like that.
2: Yeah, so I think there's a lot to talk about in this movie, despite mm-hmm. our diverse mm-hmm. opinions. I think it'll be an interesting conversation. I want to start with like the technical aspects of this film, uh, like the animation stuff, but even before that, I think this should be the least controversial thing and hopefully we can agree on this. Did you all like the, the movie? music? The music? Yes. Hmm. Yes. The music the was mus- great. Yes. Okay.
1: Even down to the carolers on the street. Oh yeah. 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 The atmosphere music was just fantastic. It,
0: it felt like, it felt like a Christmas movie. I felt like I was watching, <laughs> like I was listening. I was hearing a Christmas
2: movie yeah Mm -hmm. so the score i have this score on my ipod i had this score before i even watched the movie again because i just remember that was another thing i liked from the initial viewing the music Mm -hmm. and um yeah i uh i listen to that all the time
0: i will be be adding uh quite a bit of this to my my playlist for next year mm
2: -hmm. yeah so alan silvestri you know i guess you should be surprised with with him as the musical director right (laughs) well exactly he's uh he's created some pretty iconic themes and i'll
0: I'll say even more so you know usually we've said in the past several times if you can't get the christmas if the music right in a christmas movie there's something wrong with you um not only did he get it right i feel like he set a new standard for me on what what new christmas movies should sound like yeah Um, he he took music that's that's so that's classical that we've heard done 50 million times and made it all new and fresh and exciting. And I
2: Yeah. <clears throat> he did a great job of working in those classic Christmas carols <clears throat> into the score. Yeah. He
0: did, but was still making them fresh and new. Yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna harp on it, but I was the music was my biggest takeaway and, and the thing I was most impressed with.
2: hmm So I think that's kind of a nice segue into the animation, actually, because I'll say this about the animation starting off. This film and the Polar Express, not my favorite animation styles, but I loved the shots of London in this and Scrooge's old hometown. I thought the overhead views of it, they were festive. They made put me in the mood,
1: especially with the music. (laughs) The scenery worked for me, definitely. Yeah, I thought the scenery was great. The color was a little off-putting.
0: It felt the color... I don't know if Julie, if you're, if this is where you're going with this, but, and I probably shouldn't interrupted you. I'm really sorry, but it did reminded remind me of more of Jack the Ripper.
1: It was very dark. It's dark both in theme and in, in the mm-hmm. color. So I don't know if that was intentional or not. Right. Because the very last scene in the movie with tiny Tim on Scrooge's shoulders, the color is beautiful in that scene, the glow and the background, the golds and all of that. And Ghost of Christmas present as well. His room, even though I hated the color in it, was warm as well. But there seemed to be a lot of warmth lacking in the rest of the movie. Even in moments I feel like it could have been warm. Like Bob Cratchit's house with Tiny Tim. I feel like that could have been warm.
2: See, that's interesting to me because I found like the overhead shots of London in the beginning when you're going through London. I found that very warm, but the closer you get to Scrooge's place and his house in the slums Mm -hmm. and it got darker. And that's mm-hmm. where most of the movie spent, right? In sure. Scrooge's, his part of the world because the ghosts are showing him, you know, yeah. the poorer, darker side that he could be helping with. So I would venture, I guess, and say the color choices were probably intentional.
1: I'm sure. There were some other cool color choices I enjoyed. So Marley, I very much enjoyed his ghostly pallor. What they did with color and him, I thought that was outstanding. And in The Knocker, when he's the door knocker. I quite enjoyed that as well. And then um, Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come, when that chase that I have opinions about is happening. When, we'll the wa- when the whip cracks and you see the like the sparks or the magic come out of the end of the whip, I quite enjoyed that color as well. But I I don't know. I feel like it could have been more. <laughs> I don't. When I think of A Christmas Carol, regardless of the fact that the original text really is pretty close to this what i feel like the feel of this movie is i i I need more warmth than that i need a stronger undercurrent of
2: uh, so that's actually since you brought up the original text this is one of the things in retrospect like watching it again that i really appreciated about it well a for the most part carriage chase aside and a few other small changes it's pretty faithful to the text word Mm -hmm. for word yeah Mm -hmm but besides that i liked that they leaned into the ghost aspects like it was there were a few parts that i found little, legitimately a little disturbing like when marley's jaw like broke open
1: oh my gosh and then when
2: the ghost of christmas present becomes old and turns it dies on the ground turns into the skeleton yeah but I liked all that because the original is a ghost story. I know what you mean because I feel like a lot of the adaptations do include more warmth, but I like that this one kind of leaned into the more ghost-unnerving aspect of what he's probably experiencing in the original text.
1: For sure. I mean, it was terrifying. (laughs) It was really a frightening movie.
2: It was. Really
0: frightening. I had it it on originally with Ellie and I had to turn it off because I'm like, this is not what she should be watching.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The jaw was just startling. Like I th- I'm pretty sure I jumped at that moment. I'm like, what the crap am I watching? <laughs> it was terrifying.
0: But so, you know, the movie was made though in 2009, this is around the avatar time where everything's trying to be, everything wants to be 3d. Everything wants to be over the top. And to me, the animation was just way too much. It They spend more time, I think, working on the animation than, actually developing and building the story and that's where i think i was lacking there was it just felt i, I know it's supposed to because it's have screw, but it just felt cold it didn't feel it felt mm-hmm. tried it feel like i've watched you know it felt like what i was watching i've seen a million times
1: yeah yeah especially in certain scenes where you expect there to be heart um like bob cratchit with his family at the dinner table i expect more heart there and it it felt lacking um, I will agree really with had you. Had that's
2: a, the area I wanted more, a little more light. Like you would yeah, have thought they'd have a bigger well, fire or maybe, you know. Or and, even
1: just the emotion underneath it, I don't feel like was enough. I mean, right. there was definitely more emotion after Tiny Tim dies, right? And they're all crying. But that was, there wasn't enough setting it up for me to feel that even as much. And and the only reason I feel like I did was because I know Tiny Tim from all of the other renditions. Um, so I had really high hopes. When it's time for Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit to leave on Eve and Bob goes the opposite direction out of the store and ends up on the icy street. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Um, And his joy that he feels at it being Christmas with the kids and all of that, that's the joy I feel like he should have had the entire movie. And I don't know if there's just not enough Bob in it. Or if they just didn't maximize on those moments. Because that's the Bob I wanted.
2: Okay, so this is a... I'm talking... I'm going to reference... We haven't done the Polar Express yet. But this is a similar problem I have with that. I find the animation for the people like very uncanny valley. Like Colin Firth. He... Okay, Colin Firth played Fred. What's like Colin Firth? It looks like Colin Firth. <laughs> does. But just... You know, yeah, an animated plasticky version, just enough to ah. unner- unnerve you and make it, you know, which yeah. the character of Fred Holywell shouldn't unnerve you, right?
0: Almost like, uh, almost like it's it's almost as bad as the Santa Claus too,
2: the the fake Santa they print out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's actually a really good comparison. Yeah, it just yeah.
0: It, it is. It's just enough. It's just off enough. Like I said, I think they were trying too hard. They tried too hard to make it look real. Again, like you said, the same exact thing they did with Tom Hanks and. Uh, the polar express it just so really I thought, distracted from the story
1: i found polar express animation more palatable than this and i can't put my finger on it but it's like they were a little fuzzier in the polar express than they are in this one and it's like slight enough for me to be like i was uncomfortable looking at the humans in this entire movie um and i wasn't with polar express Again, some of that might be nostalgia, but so at the very beginning, when you see that dog, when they're doing this through the streets, um, one of my
2: favorite scenes, by the way, just going, that
1: through. dog is fascinating. He looks perfect. I don't know what the difference is with fur to skin. <laughs> you know, skin it's not successful. It's,
0: it's all, it's all movies. like, um, you know, when you're watching like even, um, not, uh, the secret life of pets. The animal mm-hmm. fur looks real. People's hair looks real,
2: but nothing else looks real. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, so there were two characters I, found I didn't mind the animation on. One was Scrooge himself. That's how I always pictured Scrooge. He looked plasticky, but the look of him, I liked. He looked and- like Jim Carrey as an old man. It was creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <It> was <laughs> creepy, but it was cool
2: and uh the other and maybe because he's not a human was a ghost of christmas future just uh i liked his animation but he wasn't supposed to look mm. human
1: the way he uh, was depicted
2: yeah which we'll get to when we not um good. because i want to kind of just take it kind of like the book stands by stanza. i think that's the best way to probably discuss this film so do you guys have anything else to say on animation i mean i'm sure more will come up as we go along but is that a good overview for you guys right now yeah yeah so this is already our third version of A Christmas. Well, I won't even count American Christmas Carol. Because <laughs> that's so, in. you can't compare it to the original Dickens story. So let's just be generous and say this is our second version of mm-hmm. Dickens' story. So, yeah, because this is our second version, true version, I feel like we don't need to, you know, go over a plot by point by point by point. But let's just talk about the beginning with, Scrooge and Bob Cratchit, and then Scrooge with when he gets visited by the ghost of Marley. What did you guys think of the beginning section of this film?
0: Marley was terrifying. <laughs> like just watching those chains and the, the the safes. That was a really cool new take. Like he was mm-hmm. he was he had the chains, but they the, the what was holding the chains? What was holding him down with the chains was money, right? Which mm-hmm. was. Um, what got him where he was and what he was trying to tell Warren Scrooge about anyway. Um, But man, just seeing those, and I I know it was made for 3d, but just seeing, even seeing it
2: here, seeing those coming at you, it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. So I found when he's right before Marley's about to come into the room, they did a really good job of making that kind of scary where Scrooge is just staring at the door and the bells on top just start moving ever so slightly. And the room is so dimly lit. What? Like I said, that's these are the aspects I like about it because I like that I of into the ghost element of it, the haunting
1: element of it. It felt a lot slower than it should have been to build up to that. The build up was just too much for me. I'm like, good grief. Just get to it. Come on. Get to the stuff. <laughs> we know what's happening. Get to the stuff. And I wrote that down in several parts of the movie. I feel like the pacing was a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. And there were definite moments and I almost felt like, so I hate it when movies are filmed because they can be filmed in 3d and where movies Mm -hmm. are shot in such a way that obviously it was just there because it was a 3d effect that drives me absolutely crazy. I felt like some of these other parts were so slow because it was like the team saying, Look what we can do with this awesome animation, and this is cutting edge guys. Check out what he can do, and that also irritated me. um I get it a little more than the three d because I mean it is a feat what they're doing. it's very impressive what they can do with the computer and all of that but
2: plus, I feel like to that point, Julie, the animation like you you get why they take a little longer to showcase certain you know sequences mm-hmm. i and I think that's because this movie, this book has been adapted so many times. Like you kind of, each version has to kind of find its own new take. And this was the animated take, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, to your point, it did slow down things at certain points, but I feel like that was there. Okay. If we're going to animate this movie and get this cast, we got to make it look pretty and showcase it. So, but I don't feel
0: like with something like, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And I know it's what they're going for, but I don't feel like you need to do that with the Christmas Carol, like a true telling of this, just like the classical black and white one um, that I can't think of. Who's in it off top. Alistair
2: name. Sims. Yes.
0: Alistair Sims version. Uh, they didn't do anything to make it their own. They did a true adaptation of the book and it was wonderful. I feel like this could have been so much better if they had focused on the story more so than the, than, than the, than all the pretties. Mm-hmm.
2: I felt like they were actually pretty faithful to a lot of the descriptions in the book of characters. For sure. Um, like, Bob is actually a very short man in the book. So in the movie, when you see him, like, a head shorter than Scrooge. That made me laugh, and I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But then, because I I was curious yesterday when I watched it, because all of a sudden I liked it. I was like, I wonder how faithful this was. So I was, <laughs> I was being a little nerd and fact-checking things. I was like, oh, wow, okay. So he was really short. But, um, yeah, so marley was terrifying though
0: marley was terrifying
2: which to your point it was supposed to be yeah Mm -hmm. and i thought scrooge at the beginning (laughs) was sufficiently curmudgeonly when he was yelling at bob and his nephew fred and i like like i looked i loved the whole look of scrooge's shop like just this really dark (laughs) little corner shop
1: i prefer rats and grass skirts frankly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, to their own. So I was surprised with this being a Jim Carrey. With this being a movie with the Jim Carrey name on it, that he did not overact at any point. I feel like in this movie, except for just a tiny bit at the end when he's happy Scrooge and he's doing some of the dancing and stuff. In
2: but fairness, re- I feel like all people who play Scrooge overact a little bit at the Alistair Sims. Yes. Does. Oh, for sure. Yes.
1: For sure. But for Jim Carey, I feel like that was the biggest achievement in this movie is that he did not overact <laughs> really any of these parts.
2: I, I felt he me? was an effective Scrooge. I liked him. I as- did too. I, I
1: think yeah. he,
0: was, he was one of the stronger when he's um, at the, at the, the Undertaker oh yeah mm-hmm. guys and he's he's like so miserly i mean you, you use the description in your uh you use the the adjective in your uh plot synopsis anthony but the, the miserly is the perfect word when he's being such so miserly and he takes the two pennies off of marley's eyes oh
2: mm-hmm. A- after but like it's so sudden too because he's about to walk away the kid's about to close the coffin and then he just turns around and snaps at him like wait and then takes it like i was like whoa but mm-hmm. that fit the character it did mm-hmm. oh yeah, but it was it, it was it was talking about
0: the beginning and how we felt the, the the movie was set i mean jim carrey was just his his face and everything and that was just perfect
2: mm-hmm. I, like i said i like the overhead shots of london love the establishing shots after he walked out of that when he's walking to his uh-huh. office i love the establishment shots and then to show the passage of time it just zooms in on his sign and it just fades into like Mm -hmm. disrepair and cracks yeah i like that Mm -hmm. but since we're about to get into the ghost of christmas past i want to ask you what did you feel about the choice to have jim carrey play the ghosts as well i see what they were going with
0: you're left wondering is this really a ghost or is this a projection of himself
2: Mm. um i don't like it i liked it i liked it more in theory what they were going for than how it actually came across so i like the idea that okay these ghosts who are going to take you through a journey of your life would actually be like physical manifestations of yourself like look somewhat similar to you and i liked that Mm -hmm. yeah but so i didn't really like the The weird and the weird candle thing
1: yeah the candlehead guy
2: so the candlehead (laughs) is faithful to the book
0: it is, it is, but I just don't like the way it looks. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I totally get it. No, it's totally, it, it's exactly what Dickens described, but Dickens was wrong and should have had the creepy little girl from the Muppet. <laughs>
2: and that's, that's that scene from the movie was a shot of the original illustration from the book where he takes the extinguisher and just throws it down over the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an actual illustration, which I found cool.
1: So real quick, before we move on to the ghosts, um, mm-hmm. when... Marley is gone, and like all of the ghosts outside of Scrooge's house are active, and all of that stuff. Um, can I just say how chilling that one ghost that's leaning over that homeless, you know, person on the street and saying, I wish I could help you? And he's like pleading with her, saying, I wish I could help you. And that was just that wrecked me that one little bit because if you think, I mean, that's Just, I loved that part. That part was great. If it's going to be a ghost story and it's going to be terrifying, then I'm so glad that that was in there. Mm -hmm. This whole remorse of the ghosts. Can I say? In chains.
2: I like that no matter how old you are, when you get scared by, you think you see a ghost, you run to the bed and pull the covers over yourself. I really like (laughs) that Sprooge did that. (laughs) Anyway, after Marley, we obviously have the ghost of Christmas past. So you guys thought the flame head was a little weird.
1: Yeah. It kept looking at him like with side eye and he would do that little dance thing. And like, I didn't know what was happening. I don't don't know. I didn't like it. It made me uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) I liked his whisper. Like I found that sufficiently unnerving. (laughs) Like just a whisper. Definitely
1: unnerving. I agree with you
2: wholeheartedly. He looked okay for me. I'll tell you one aspect I really liked about this part. And it was a scene where he flies through the snowy village with him which Mm -hmm. might have gone on a little too long to your point but it was so beautiful and they're flying through this forest with the trees and over the bridge into that little town i had no complaints
1: it was pretty the snow was really pretty
2: so i know we've we've brought this up in a muppet's christmas carol where we didn't (laughs) we mentioned we don't really like the character bell right No. no
1: Yeah, I was so afraid there'd be a song between him when he was flying through that <laughs> movie village. I'm like, if he starts singing, I'm done. <laughs> if I can't stand it when Michael Caine does it, I'm not going to stand for Jim Carrey doing it.
2: Yeah, so Bell did nothing for me in this movie either. And I've, I'm starting to realize, I think it's just that whole aspect of the story in general,
1: uh, yeah. regardless of
2: the adaptation. Um,
1: Jim Carrey, though, Scrooge as a young man, was super handsome. And it makes you wonder, like, man... What night cream are you not putting on? Because how does your nose get that long over that short amount of time? I don't understand that. Because he was super cute when he was young. I don't know. And
2: I, again, I like that nice touch. It's just a visual touch, right? Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. when he was a better person, he was a better looking man. And I like that. And I like—I yeah. really did like the scene between him and his sister, Fran. Fran's yeah, name, right? I like
1: that too. She was super creepy looking, but I like that too. <laughs>
0: The scene where we're watching, watching Bell and Young Scrooge and weird candle flickery heads behind them, you know. Yeah. Watching on that part looked really fake to me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You know what looked really fake to me and creepy were the Fezziwigs, which made oh. me. What
1: the dance? It's which like, made me sad.
2: Yeah. Right. Like they went from very grounded as far as grounded as you could be in a ghost story, right? To right. flat out. Disney, like yeah,
1: know.
2: yeah, I don't Cart- cartoony.
0: Yes, yeah. it looked like go. more like uh, uh, Alice in
2: Wonderland than this movie. Yeah, no, that's actually a good description. Wait, so did you guys notice in the past? And I don't know. I thought in the book it was Marley who worked with Scrooge, FSE That wasn't Marley in the movie. He called him by a different name, and it wasn't Jacob yeah,
1: or Marley. It was a different name. I don't remember what the book says about that
2: not annoyed well i know in other film adaptations it generally is marley but i couldn't remember from the book Hmm. but um i just found that interesting yeah that pretty much covers the past i think do you do you guys have anything else to say about candlehead man or should we call the ghost by their proper names julia
1: no i don't (laughs) want to be candlehead I'll be creepy floating ghost girl from the Muppets version. Thank you very much. I do not want to be Candlehead.
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, just throwing this out there, readers, none of you listeners, none of you rose to the challenge to draw us as a ghost. I'm disappointed in you. Oh.
1: <laughs> um, Greatly disappointed in you, listeners. <laughs> grabble, grabble.
2: <laughs> so let's move on to the ghost of Christmas present then. And... He's usually my favorite ghost visit in all of in most of the adaptations. I love the scene where they're flying over London, guys. I really do. I thought it was cool with the room where they're looking through, and again the overhead perspective. And I liked "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" blaring as they're doing it. I loved it. That was my favorite scene the first time I saw it, and I still love that scene now.
1: I didn't like the room thing. It made I thought, me dizzy.
2: I thought that was cool.
0: I did too.
1: Mm, I wasn't a fan. So you know what I really wasn't a fan of Jim Carrey laughing as the Ghost of Christmas Present. The laughing, like so, it made his face look weird. In a row that I've had issues with laughing. Last week it was Mel Gibson, and this Uh-oh. week it's Jim Carrey. Yeah, it was like a terrifying laugh, and I feel like Present shouldn't have been. And it so made terrifying. It, it like made that. his
2: face look really plasticky as well.
1: Yeah, it made. Well, like he, a, he, he looked. Like he, he looked pretty
2: plasticky there. throughout most of it.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Um, but I did like how I did like the way he looked. It was very much. It just it, the when we see him, it reminded me of the uh, the Dickens movie we watched.
2: Oh yes, where he has his yes. friend. Uh, yeah. Casper
1: him. The man who yeah. invented Christmas. The man
0: who invented Christmas. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 It just reminded me of that scene.
2: So I liked how they animated Scrooge to not want to look at anything at all, and he kept. Because he's a giant picking him up and like holding him and forcing him to, I thought that was a nice touch. I liked that. I've said in the Muppets, I would not be able to like imagine like being forced to watch like your family talking about you like that or anybody for that matter. Like it has to be super uncomfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're
0: as awful as Scrooge, you have to know what's happening. I mean, (laughs) I don't think anything that's being said can be a surprise.
2: (laughs) That's true. So Tiny Tim, I found him really creepy looking. He looked like a <laughs> creepy little porcelain doll or something. <laughs> Which he's supposed to be cute. He's supposed to be the cutest thing in all of these adaptations.
0: Yeah. He reminded but, uh, me of Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Like pre-going pre pre going all crazy. He reminded me of like just the face, the animation, just reminded me of Smeagol in the boat.
1: <laughs>
2: I can, to- I can uh, see that.
1: That is so funny.
2: <laughs> Their house, though, I agree, Julia. I could have used a little more warmth just because they have that whole family love thing going for them.
0: I mean, you didn't have to have a lot of light yeah. or warmth or anything. I mean, just adding more vivid yellows to the, to the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I understand. They didn't use a lot of fire. They're poor. That's fine. Our memories and perceptions are shaped by how we, how we feel about things, right? So if we're looking at this and seeing this beautiful house uh, or this beautiful family, the house is going to look a lot better than that
2: yeah no mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. And i i love i always love that scene in most adaptations where he wants to toast scrooge and his wife gets upset like toasting that man and uh they do it in the spirit of christmas anyway and i mm-hmm. this time is no exception but after fred's house and after bob cratchit's house when the ghost of christmas present grows old and just starts laughing oh. maniacally and shrivel-
1: indiana jones in the last crusade straight up
2: <laughs> shuffles away into a skeleton <sighs> terrifying
1: yeah terrifying
2: <laughs> that would really frighten me <laughs> like yeah i mean if i was screwed right like
1: <laughs> frightened me as a watcher that was scary that was straight up scary
2: so were the kids he showed
1: Uh, so i have never been a fan of the kids in the robe Uh, in any of the versions i don't like that
2: ignorance and want
1: want that's it
2: see i all see i always like that and i find a lot of them cut it out but again i like the ghost aspect the scary aspects of the book
1: yeah I don't like that part. (laughs) I
0: definitely didn't like it in this.
2: (laughs) They were looked like feral zombie children in this. Yeah, they
0: did. They looked like like horror
2: film. And then when the the adult versions of Ignorance and One came out, (laughs) the woman tried to proposition him. Like it was really.
1: Uh yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was extremely uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I I didn't like that part.
2: So let's move on to the ghost of Christmas yet to be, which, before we talk about the scene in general, which I'm pretty sure is everyone's least favorite, I want to say I liked the look. I liked that he was just a shadow on flat objects, but then like when he was pointing, his arm would become like a physical thing and reach out. I like the 3D. For the 3D. Well, well, no, but I like that in general. Like yeah. I thought that was cool. Even
1: it.
0: Was but, a good like, on it. yeah, him being a shadow was cool. You know, it's it really out. funny. Completely unrelated to it. Um, last night Ellie, I'm I'm out in the living room and Ellie, I just hear her start screaming and I run in the bedroom. So what's going on? And she saw a shadow on the ceiling and like for the first time made this connection that it's something else and got really scared of shadows and so when i'm watching this i'm like huh <laughs> mm-hmm. there's something very innate, innate and that's as as humans to be frightened of these shadowy figures mm-hmm.
2: this dementor like figure Absolutely. Mm, yeah um okay so let's just the elephant in the room it was terrible there's this wild carriage chase through London, where he wants he chases him down for some reason, it's totally excessive
0: it was just to show off the 3 d show off the animation i mean that's this was one of the best examples of that in the film like they're just there's too much going on, and the only reason they're doing it is so that because they think it looks cool
1: mm-hmm.
2: I will say I liked not the ch- carriage chase, but I did like how they. At the point in the story where Scrooge is at his lowest and has been taken down to inside, but they literally shrunk him. Well, that was an interesting take kind on of, Like to physically show that. Um, but I want to read a comment we got from Reddit about that carriage scene because it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> this is from a thin white Duke. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just the relevant part. He says, "I teach *Christmas Carol* as an English teacher every year, and often show this movie, especially to any younger classes, because it's very accessible and close to the text. However, I found the non-text chase scene at the end of film had a lot of my GCSE age 15 to 16 students writing about dramatic chase scene in their English essays." in sometimes hilarious ways, such as Dickens creates a great sense of drama and action at the end of the story with the horse and carriage of death chasing down poor Scrooge who the reader feels sorry for. This makes the reader feel that, that, dot, dot, dot. Meanwhile, I've got my head in my hands after repeating before they started the essays, don't write about the chase scene.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so funny. why
0: Duke, you win the internet today. You <laughs> yes. win the internet.
2: It legitimately made me laugh when I read it earlier. I loved it.
0: I snorted while you were reading it. I hadn't <laughs> read that yet. And uh, I don't know, so that's a little embarrassing.
2: It's such a high school thing to do, right? You think you're, yes. the, the movie <laughs> is like the ultimate take, like so faithful to the book that you write about this scene oh. right? <laughs> is nowhere to be found. <laughs>
1: Gosh. that's so funny
2: so he must be in england right he's in england yep yeah okay
1: so what does that abbreviation stand for just out of curiosity
2: general certificate of secondary education oh. their diploma Yeah. so the ghost of christmas future chasing aside what did you think of this whole sequence like this whole ghostly visit
0: it was creepy it, it was creepy.
2: Kruger.
0: But I don't know yeah. how I don't know how creeped out I would be if it weren't for my Harry Potter frame of reference.
2: It was very Harry Pottery, wasn't it? It's it like was the well, ghost in general.
0: Yeah, it well it felt very dementory again. Like um
2: Even his finger, when you find out Scrooge <laughs> is grasping the finger instead of a tree root, which I thought was really a cool touch. That like that weird. transformed into his finger. Um mm. it was black and like it looked like a dementor's hand
0: in the movie. It did. Um, so I think I'm carrying. I think I'm carrying some of that um, into my, into how I'm interpreting this this scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I don't know. I really, I honestly don't know how scary it would be to me if it weren't for that. If I weren't looking at it through those glo- those, through that perception.
2: Well, I really liked when he saw the future in which Tiny Tim died. When Bob mm-hmm. is going up the stairs.
1: Yes. Tears
2: in his eyes. It's the nope. first time Scrooge calls him Bob. Like, even though he can't hear him he's like he reaches out to him he's like bob like instead of cratchit or whatever i thought that was a nice touch i liked that scene i did too like oh, not-
1: i liked it too
0: it looked it looked too real i don't do well with dying, i don't i don't do well with, with dying kids anymore yeah who would have thought i don't you know?
1: either but well done it was really well done. i felt that. it Oh yeah, like you, or whatever it was.
2: you could see it on Crafted's face and Scrooge's face too. I really yeah. like that. Scene. I found it sufficiently creepy when he was standing in the grave and the pits of hell opened up beneath him and the fire yeah,
1: that was creepy. Yeah,
2: like oh, I don't know. It was terrifying. for sure creepy. And I like the touch. You saw the date Scrooge died. They don't have the date though. It's just covered by the snow. Like they leave mm-hmm. it like, is it that Christmas he's going to die? I like that.
0: I did too.
1: It's not my favorite feature, <laughs> <laughs> but it was creepy.
0: The The grave scene was pretty – I did like the
2: grave scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely felt uh, Scrooge was desperate at that point. Like, just give me another chance. He was like, definitely
1: desperate, yeah. Yeah, like, He was
2: definitely desperate. Jim Carrey was – again, Jim Carrey – I really liked him as Scrooge. I think he pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, of course – he wakes up Christmas morning and he's alive and well. The ghosts have granted him his second chance, and he jumps out of bed and overreacts like most actors do when they're playing Scrooge during this scene.
0: <laughs> the one I can't picture right now how he reacted in this scene was Patrick Stewart, but I'm sure. Oh, he, he was,
1: was the same. I'm he sure how he really over as well. the
0: topic with Patrick Stewart yeah i know, I know there's alistair there's no I like that literally
2: does a handstand at one point
0: that's one of the most iconic things from a christmas movie though right like <laughs> yeah everybody knows even if you haven't seen the movie you know that handstand
2: um <laughs> yeah he does the typical scrooge thing goes into the streets has a turkey sent to bob Cratchit's house which a lot of films have him going there but in the book mm-hmm. he actually doesn't he does go to Fred's instead yep um so I like that they're faithful in that regard. He still sends a turkey, though. And then you get a little Back to the Future reference. He grabbed onto the back of the carriage and rode it down the street, like a skeet holding onto the back, which is very Marty McFly.
1: Straight up. Yep, yeah, straight up. That's the first thing I thought, too. I'm like, look at that. Back <laughs> to the Future reference in a Christmas carol. Well done, Robert G. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and he I knows like, what he is. <laughs> he knows what he's about.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I liked as well, like, you know just like again like every other version people don't know how to take him at first like when he walks by they're like oh scrooge and shut up and then he comes over and starts singing with them like
1: Mm -hmm.
2: i loved all of that like i always (laughs) love when scrooge gets his redemption at the end Mm -hmm. yeah and people are frightened yeah and yeah he goes to his nephews for dinner for christmas dinner and they embrace him and welcome him with open arms and then uh he pulls a typical Scrooge trick the next day at work where he pretends to be really upset at Bob for being late, but gives him a raise instead. <laughs> Which by the way, that's such a <laughs> that's such a Michael Scott thing, all the fake firings he did on the office, like <laughs> that always pissed people off. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, that's hilarious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and then the movie ends the typical way. You know, Scrooge became a better man, a better friend, a father to Tiny Tim, and he has Tiny Tim on his shoulders, and they end with the typical, God bless us, everyone. God bless us.
1: I do like how Bob Cratchit transitions into the narrator at the end of the movie and finishes out just the last little bit as the narrator uh, facing the camera. Talking directly, I thought that was neat. Yeah, breaking, sure. the, for, breaking the
0: fourth breaking the fourth wall.
2: Fourth wall,
1: breaking that fourth
2: wall. So, did you guys like this last bit of the movie, with Scrooge walking down the street, happy? And I like the look of it. I thought it felt very Christmassy. It was warm. Your oh. point. Yeah.
0: This the audio for it. I mean, just the way it sounded.
1: Mm.
0: And yeah. it did. It looked. It looked warm. It looked Christmassy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It looked as redemptive as it felt. It was, I liked it.
2: Oh,
0: I like that, Julia. That's a good way to word it.
1: Thank you.
2: I do. <laughs> you won the best analysis in this episode. <laughs> Woohoo! hoo <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about this film? Likes or dislikes? I, the quotes are all from the book, so I'm just
0: going through the scenes. I was going to jokingly say, let's do favorite quotes, but yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think I covered my favorites. It definitely wasn't a total loss of a movie. There were moments in it that I quite liked.
2: hmm Yeah. Does it pass the Linus test? We've said before, every decent version of this should pass.
0: I sure should. as heck hope so.
2: It, it passes. Does.
1: It definitely does.
2: Okay, so what would you rank it? 4.5.
1: 3.25
2: i'm gonna give it 9.1 i like it slightly better than a muppet's christmas carol
1: oh that's blasphemous
2: <laughs> you like it more than a muppet's christmas carol i like a straight up i like the straight up adaptations of a christmas carol i love not to take anything away from the muppets i gave the muppets a nine so it's like close, <laughs> but i prefer the straight up just direct take oh man that is
1: funny ethan walked in and he's like weren't there two marley brothers and i'm like <laughs> no there weren't <laughs> they just one so uh,
2: this film comes in just below pete's christmas and daddy's home 2 and above <sighs> office christmas party
0: guys we have another movie that ranked at five.
2: <laughs> 5.61
1: we're killing it with the fives. <laughs> the we
2: three. are. We were be- It was bound to happen after he pointed out, we
1: have no fives yet.
2: <laughs> Everything since has been
0: a, a bit, and it's not even just five. We're like middle of the road fives. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was an interesting conversation. It was a lot less contentious than I thought it would be. It was actually really interesting. I had fun. That was fun. Yeah,
1: I did too. Yeah, I don't think um, any of
0: us actually hated the movie, which which helped. Like we may not agree where it fit in, but nobody was actually angered by it. None of us turned into angry elves. Uh,
2: I mentioned earlier we did get some feedback, and I just I want to encourage feedback, and we haven't gotten a lot recently. This is the first time we've gotten a lot of it, so I just wanted to go through some of it. So Butch Bailey on Twitter wrote, I know this, is, this one is controversial with Christmas Carol fans, but it's one of my favorites. If for no other reason, the heart-wrenching scene when Scrooge looks out the windows to see the spirits that want to help the homeless mother child but can't. So he agrees with you, Julia. That scene really got oh, to him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That was tough. And uh, D. Spoon on Twitter wrote, I've seen many adaptations of A Christmas Carol, and this one is easily in my top five. This classic takes on a darker tone, which I absolutely love. The ghost of Christmas present, end of Christmas yet to come, scare the heck out of me when I first watched this movie. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with the scariness. <laughs> stacy mckinsey wrote, I love this in 3D at the theater. I agree. Like, I'm actually 3D, it looked really awesome. And it's A Christmas Carol, which is so, so classic i enjoy this movie but it's not one that i watch more than once or twice during the season and i would agree with that too i i really like this movie but it's not i'll watch it when it's on i but i usually won't sit down to watch it more than once i won't going forward i should say mike westfall wrote hot take robin wright is a good bell i'm not a fan of the character but robin wright's a great actress so she did her job adequately as a voice actress (laughs) and rachel fairbairn wrote i actually quite like this telling of the story although some of the effects didn't quite work for me i like the thought behind them i particularly enjoy how faithful it is to the original terms of the horror element gets very dark in places agreed i think jim carrey does a really great job with the voice performance too okay so it's not as beloved as a far more upbeat and unfaithful muppets christmas carol but i do still think this one is actually quite underrated and yeah sarah de said she didn't watch it and she was kind of worried too because of jim carrey uh, because he will kill it either in the good or the bad sense. So if you're worried about Jim Carrey, Sarah, I thought he was great in this film. It didn't seem like any of us had a problem with Jim Carrey himself.
1: Shockingly enough. Yeah. I was prepared to have problems. Very
2: anyway. shocking um, for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So thanks for the feedback, guys.
1: Yeah. So in addition to movie specific feedback, we also got a super kind and awesome five-star review from Ben Burnt on... Facebook. He wrote, I just found your podcast last week and have been binge listening. I've loved every episode so far and I look forward to your new ones. Keep it up. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for Thanks.
0: listening. Thanks. That's awesome. Uh, ben is also our newest patron. Oh.
1: Awesome.
0: So thank you, Ben. If you are interested in joining Ben in the Cool Kids Club, you can find us on patreon.com slash podcast and get access to cool new content that you will not find here. And if you give um, at least – dollar a month you get access to all of that and if you give it higher levels you get christmas cards and stickers and cool swag from us all
2: sorts of fun stuff and we have a fun episode we're going to record for our patreon users don't we tom we do coming up very soon
0: um we are going to be children leave the room we're going to play you a little christmas music right here for a few seconds either pause or get your kids out of the room that horrible moment where we learned that santa is not real so if you are interested in having your voice heard we would love for you to record yourself just a, a couple minutes about you know how that how, how you learned that what that first christmas was like you know a story from a story from your childhood and send it to stories at tis that'll go to all of us and we will include your voice on our podcast
2: and if you could try to get those to us by the end of June, like July 1st, I think it's good to buy.
0: Yep. That's going to be our uh, Christmas in July podcast. It's going to be a fun one.
1: It's going to be a fun one.
0: I think we need next booze for guys. that one, guys. I'm game.
1: So next week, we're going to review 2004's The Polar Express and stay in the same... <laughs> Same. Is it creepy or is it not creepy? Animation. It's a month of creepy animations. Um, I'm nostalgic about this one. Heads up. So I'm just going to put that out there now. Anybody that wants to discuss this prior to us discussing it on the interwebs, are you creeped out by the Polar Express before we discuss it? I'd love to know.
2: Yeah, we we liked we loved all the feedback we got this week. So we would appreciate more of that coming.
0: Yeah. I'm, right I'm scared to do this one, guys. Polar Express. Are you, yeah. Are you
1: afraid of the fondness you have disappearing?
0: I did. I saw it on a I'll tell you guys about it next week. It was just I have such a good memory from it. I'm afraid if I actually sit down and watch it, I'm not gonna like it and it's gonna kill him. I
2: will say I love the book. Oh, I love the book. Oh, we all love the book. The book is a classic.
0: Loves the book. Yeah. If you don't love the book, then then I don't know why you're listening to our podcast. (laughs) That's just i I don't know. I can't imagine anybody liking Christmas and not liking that book. There's my my brain just can't wrap around it guys. (laughs) Speaking of that, we've got a fun giveaway for you. We are going to give away next week on the Polar Express episode, a free copy of the Polar Express. All you have to do to get entered is send us your story of that fateful Christmas where all of your hopes and dreams and childhood wonder were all dashed like an ornament falling off the tree onto a hardwood floor. If you type it out in a, in, or if you write it out, you get one entry into the drawing to get the Polar Express. If you send us an audio recording of your voice that we can share, you get two entries. And to really spice things up, we will even autograph it for you. You'll get all of us to personalize your copy of the Polar Express from three people who have nothing to do with the story at all. But it will be a personal gift if you like it. So get those stories in.
2: And if you already submitted your stories, you will be added to the drawing as well. So guys, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up, but I think you guys have some of the most exciting news to break for our listeners, right? Oh, yeah. We
0: are getting so close. We are at 191 days, meaning we're less than 200 days 20, until Christmas.
1: 27 weeks. That's 27. so cool,
2: guys! I went to visit my grandmother the other day, and she was watching a Hallmark Christmas movie on TV. Oh,
1: I'm so proud.
2: That that's all she ever watches. She just she has them all DVR'd, or she just watches them on oh. the loop. So, I love
1: that. Yeah.
2: So I found one thing interesting that you said, Anthony,
0: and I was going to follow up. Um, so you actually you you watch the freeform like on TV in real time, whatever's on, right? At Christmas time?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I, I went. Um, we have we have cable just because it's cheaper for our internet. If we have cable for some weird reason, but I've linked everything up to my Apple TV, so I don't actually know what any of the channels are, and I can watch everything when I want to. Um, so I don't see the movies maybe I may have to change that up this, this year I don't watch movies that I don't know or don't look interesting or don't think I would like
2: well I can guarantee you that we have already covered Freeform's greatest hits all of Freeform's greatest hits <laughs> Be- between Elf and National Lampoon and The Santa Claus and Rankin-Bass and The Grinch and Arthur Christmas and A Christmas Carol and next week The Polar Express we will have covered all of Freeform's <laughs> greatest hits <laughs> And the get, Santa Claus three, and the Santa
1: Claus three.
0: <laughs> I get so sad. They they take them off of uh, off of the demand on
2: mm-hmm.
0: the app so early. So if you're listening TV exec, we would watch them much longer than you're giving us time to.
2: Mm-hmm. We would. Anyway, until next week, guys. God bless us, everyone. <laughs>